0: Today we begin our series in the book of Philippians, and if uh, you have, are listening in, or if you as you're in the service, you might as well just put your bookmark there if you have one. If uh, that's where we'll be spending time, and Philippians, and since we're beginning this, it would be good that we give a little bit of a background on. Philippians and and what's going on there. It's an epistle. You'll see in there it's the epistle of Paul to the Philippians. An epistle, what we would call today is is a letter, and it's to those living at Philippi. Now a little bit of a side note. You might, I know I've struggled with it, is how do you spell Philippians? It's one L and two P's. It's not P-H-I-L-L like Philip, it's P-H-I-L-I-P-P-I. Philippi. And so you might go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Philippians. We'll get to the scripture shortly, but a little bit of background. Philippi is located in Greece. Philippi is located in Greece, which, Greece is in Europe. And in the past, we've preached to you on the Macedonian call. That's, you'll find that in Acts chapter 16, if you want some background. But that's where Paul wanted to continue in Asia Minor. In Asia Minor, a little bit of geography here. Uh, Asia Minor is where Turkey is today, and maybe in future Sundays, I will bring in a map for them to project so that we can say that's what I'm talking about. That's where it is. But when Paul was in Asia Minor and they were going along, the Holy Spirit resisted them going the direction that they wanted to go and continuing in Asia Minor. And that... Macedonian call as we would call it today is a vision or dream or that he was hearing from someone in Macedonia say come and help us. Come and help us. And what you might and I think I missed for several years when he said come and help us Asia Minor is part of Asia. The Middle East is part of Asia. When he said come and help us and Paul Got on a ship and went from, I think it was Troas, but, but when he went from a ship from Asia Minor, where Turkey is today, and took that ship across to the region called Macedonia, which is in where we would call Greece today, he moved from Asia and brought the gospel into Europe. So he was moving from Asia and brought the gospel. Into Europe. Paul obeyed, left Asia, and now he goes to this new area. And in Acts 16, it's, it's part of Paul's first visit to Philippi. So if you're interested in some of the back, background, you, but you might remember people like Lydia. That's where he met Lydia. You might remember the possessed slave girl that her owners, as it were, were using her to make money off of, and when they cast that spirit out, it affected their well-being, and they got thrown into prison. And then the ground shook. You can read the rest of that story, but the jailer was saved is the Philippian jailer. So those are all part of that background. That's what we're talking about. So now we're looking at Philippians chapter 1, 1 through 2. In the section of your Bible that's called the greeting. And Paul's greetings have a lot of depth to them. Sometimes you can like, oh yeah, dear so-and-so. But I know when I start my notes, or my letters, my emails, I guess today, dear, of course some emails and texts anymore, they don't even put a dear or anything on it. It's just like... Boom. They don't even sign them. Now I know you can make fun of people for not signing, signing things, but, uh, or never mind, that's a different conversation. But he doesn't just say, hey, people of Philippi. He does a, a greeting. And when you look through the Pauline epistles, the Pauline letters, there's greetings, there's a lot of doctrine, there's encouragement in there. and We want to draw some of those things out today. And look at some of that depth. So let's look at Philippians chapter one, verses one and two. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you might be saying, okay, pastor, What are we going to get out of that? That's the greeting. I think there's a few things that we can get out of there. We find first that it's Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. Paul's writing this letter, but he's saying, Paul, basically him and Timothy, we greet you. And if you go look back in Acts 16 again, you'll find that this visit to Philippi would have been Timothy's early ministry, early time with Paul. Timothy, it just pe- taken Timothy on board after some shuffle around and we'll get back, we could look, we could go into that scripture of, of who was part of the ministry team. But now he's taking Timothy. But who is Timothy? And what's the significance of Timothy? that was kind of going on. Timothy is a Greek. Now, being a Greek does not... Sometimes, well, he's a Gentile. Well, does that mean that he's Greek? No. Those are two different things. Gentiles are non-Jew. Timothy is a half Greek and half Jewish. Timothy has a new, unique perspective, see, because as Paul picks up Timothy... This young man is part of the ministry and he goes into Europe. He's going into a culture that is foreign to Paul, the Jew. He's crossed over into Europe. Nowadays, those physical boundaries of ocean and sea don't mean quite as much. But I believe that they did then, much more so. And so this is that... Timothy that he has with him. He has those, those insights of being part European. He also has the Greek heritage. So I think that would probably be valuable to Paul. But it's this Timothy who's still with him. This Timothy that is more like the Philippians than what Paul is. Sometimes it's helpful when somebody's speaking to you that it's someone that you can relate to. But this Timothy that he knew, he says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. He kind of lets them know that Timothy's still with me. Remember Timothy? He's still with me. And both Timothy and I are bondservants of Jesus Christ. As a bondservant, his will, Paul and Timothy's will, is subservient to Jesus Christ's will. It's not only that they are followers of Jesus Christ, they place their will as as it were, bondservants. They've surrendered their will to Jesus Christ. And of course, we've, I remind you often that Christ is the Greek word, Christos, comes from the Greek word, Christos, which is Messiah, the Anointed One. The promised of Israel, Is Jesus this Christ? And I've done some research or picked up on some things. And, you know, Jesus Christ at this time, I think, became common to recall. This refers back to this man, this man God. He was all man and all God that was crucified. You know, like, okay, it's crucified. And we talk about that now. But this was a newer concept to them. Christendom kind of shook things up, but Jesus the Christ was crucified, and this book, this letter to Philippi, was written in the early 60s, not the early 1960s, but the early 60s A.D., and when was Jesus crucified? In the early 30s. Now, some of you might not be 30. But some of you are past 30. But even those that are in their 20s, I've heard stories from those that are in their 30s and older, told enough that they could remember. So this is not completely far removed. I mean... We remember. And so they are being reminded that Paul and Timothy, bond servants, are serving this Jesus Christ. These people that you look up to, those people that helped found the church, the people that started getting it going here, we're still going forward. And by the way, we're setting an example that we are surrendered to God. We're surrendered to Jesus Christ. We're surrendered to Jesus Christ. We're still going on. And this person that's more like you than I am is also still going on with Jesus Christ. And we're surrendered to that. And to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Now, he wasn't talking to people that were in a cemetery. I know we have, we hear things about, oh, this is Saint so-and-so, and this is Saint so-and-so. A saint is someone that's set apart, that's dedicated. They're not of this world. They're separate. He says, to all the saints that are in Christ Jesus, again, all those that are devout followers, separated from the world, following Christ Jesus. To all you that are in Philippi, with the bishops, those that are overseeing the spiritual warfare and the deacons, the ones administering. Remember the installation of the deacons that do some of the administration and the activities that have to take place to support the church. He's writing to all those. And we see so how much he's reminding them in his greeting about the principles of their faith, encouraging them, we're going on. That'd be a note of encouragement that they need to keep going and we're following Christ Jesus. This Jesus, His earthly name, this Christ, the Messiah. to the saints, the set apart ones. If you think about it, you have the promised of Israel, but these, he's calling saints, they're set apart, He elevates them, He Acknowledges them. He encourages them. He recognizes their faith and sets that example of surrender and that they're still going forward. And then he comes to the part where he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked a little bit on the Lord's Prayer about our Father who art in heaven. But it says, peace from God our Father. And if we think about this as God our Father, and we think about a father A place where our life begins, as it were, in a concept. God, our spiritual Father. Yes, He is the creator of the earth and put that in place, but He is God, our Father. If we're following Him, He's the giver of life. The incitation, initiator of life, because in combination with God, our Father, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's Jesus. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He reminds them, God our Father, we want to take on the traits of God our Father. You know, we pick up traits from our earthly parents. Some traits are good, and some traits aren't so good. There's the way we stand, the way we uh, conduct ourselves in conversation, the way we laugh, the way we just we pick up things. We want to pick up things from God our Father and emulate Him and under, recognize Him and honor Him as the source of our spiritual life. But God our Father and the Lord... Jesus Christ. Our Lord, who we're subservient to if we surrender Jesus Christ. But it's interesting, it doesn't say our Lord, it says the Lord. And later in the Philippians, we'll talk about every knee shall bow and come confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now some might get confused and think that Jesus was elevated once he was born, and because of his life, that God elevated him. But we're reminded from John that he was, Jesus was in the beginning. He was part of creation, and nothing would have been made without him. Created by him and through him. So Jesus, as we refer through to him now, Jesus Christ, God's son, existed before. But he came and he humbled himself and became a man. Because he's the only one that could be pure enough to be the sacrifice for sins. Because the, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. But he came. And he came and died, gave his life, but he was God and man. He didn't become God, he was, and he lived in himself. And now he's at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding. See, before, Jesus was a common name, but we combine Jesus, the common name, with Jesus, the Christ, and you get a only one individual that can fit that bill, and he's the one that was resurrected bodily. He was resurrected bodily. He take on the human form and was resurrected bodily. And when we are resurrected, we will have a body, a heavenly body. We won't just be a something, a spirit. We will have a body. And Jesus took on a glorified body. It's this, Jesus Christ and God our Father that are the source that he's asking to give them grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, unmerited favor, it's that favor Extending favor, and God extended his favor to us and even giving us the ability to accept salvation. And for by grace are ye saved, through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're saved through his grace. He says, by grace, grace and peace. He desires grace and peace. And what's the source of grace and peace? It's from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that peace that passes understanding. Imagine if you were in a faith. And in that faith, you try to do as many good deeds as you can and you hope. You hope. That you've done enough. That when you die, you'll get in, but you don't know. Versus the peace that passes understanding to know that the blood of Jesus is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His blood is sufficient. That we can have forgiveness of our sins and obedience to Him. We don't have to wonder if we're going to heaven. We can know So we don't have to carry that burden, that worry. We can have peace. Peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. It's that peace that he wants for them. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a peace from the earth, not a peace from worldly things, but a peace from God our Father and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we go through Philippians, it's a letter of encouragement. It's a letter of uplift. It's a letter for those that are struggling with that peace and gaining that peace. And it's that introduction that tells us grace to you and peace. And then he goes on and starts breaking out some details around it. So in those two verses, we are reminded. Our source of grace and our source of peace comes from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That we can be set apart as saints in Christ on this earth. Saints aren't just dead people. And whether you're born a Jew or born a Greek or whatever you are, that it's available for you. And if Paul and Timothy have continued on, that you can continue on. And as Paul and Timothy set the example of those that planted that church that they are bond servants they are surrendered to God they are surrendered to Jesus Christ that they made their will subservient to Jesus will they set us that example and he calls to the Philippians by setting that example and applies that they should go that way likewise And so that's our introduction. That's the greeting to the Philippians. And so maybe today you've been reminded yes, God has given me favor, and I can look to God for peace. And maybe you've lost your peace. Maybe you've backslidden and chased peace from someplace else. Or maybe you've allowed Satan to try to stir up trouble and rob you of your peace. He would love to do that. Or maybe you've been walking with Christ and you want to be set apart for Christ, the saint in Christ Jesus. Be that bond servant surrendered to the Lord's will. And that's what he calls you to. Or maybe that's what you've been doing and you need to be encouraged to keep going. Just two verses, but a lot in them. So let's be standing together. Father God, I pray that you would help us this day to be reminded of these great things of the triune Godhead. you are our source of grace and peace, that we can have salvation through you, that we can be righteous in this current life, and that we need to be in a place where we've surrendered our will to yours, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's for all of us regardless of our heritage, regardless of our background, and that we can keep going. Encourage us this day, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.